So before I ask Peter to come up and uh, preach, I'm going to read from Matthew. Uh, so if you want to follow along, it's Matthew 6. And I'm going to start at verse 5. Matthew 6, verse 5. This is Jesus speaking about praying. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. May God bless the reading of his word. Amen. Peter. Thank you, there is a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. We know it to be the spirit of the living God. Just fall afresh on each one of us now. As listeners, open our eyes, open our hearts, open our minds. Lord, help me. Hide me behind a cross that we may see and hear no man. Save Jesus, our Lord. Can I start by thanking you for your prayers? I've had so many reminders come through this week that you're praying for me, and I'm just so grateful. I don't know if you realize, but if you seek to serve God in any way God wants you, you are in the battlefield. You will know conflict. You will know what the heat of the day is. And there's one person who doesn't want me to preach this morning, that's Satan. But praise God, he is a defeated foe. Praise God that we're on the victory side. Praise God that we have the victory through him who has loved us and gave himself for us. Well, uh, the, the time is just rushing by. I'll be my quickest. But I have a word from the Lord this morning. And our subject, as Nick said, is prayer. 
it, it's such a, we, we've had illustrations this morning of how important and vital it is. I could read you an old hymn, prayer is a Christian's vital breath. It, it, it's our communication with God, our Heavenly Father. Prayer is the greatest weapon we have. My lovely wife said this to me a few weeks ago, prayer is pulling on the heartstrings of God. What did Ruth do last night? She pulled on the heartstrings of God. And God heard her prayer. When we come to the Lord's Prayer that has been read before us this morning, it is such an incredible prayer. But it is, it is an example. It's a pattern prayer. And it starts with these two incredible words, our Father. And God is our Father in a general sense. And if you go back to Genesis 1, and I'll try and not go to all the scriptures because I'll keep you here and the potatoes might get burned. If you go back to Genesis 1, verse 1, in the beginning God, God was there, God our Father, the God who created, am I shouting too much? Tell me, I'll do whatever. I get excited with Jesus. This is the living word of God. This is our communion with him. He's our father in a general sense. But God is almighty. He's the one who created and nothing. He just spake. And it is done. Our father. It's based on a relationship with God in particular. I want to take you to Romans 8. I, I love this. Paul brings it out so graphically in, in Romans 8. When I can find Romans 8, quickly. Oh, you've got to. Oh, no, I might as well have got to. Sorry about this. Hold on a sec. Romans 8. Verse 15, 16, and 17. For we did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness of our spirit that we are the children of God. We belong to the family of God. God is our Father. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glory together with him. We have been adopted into the family of God. We can cry, Abba, Father. Don't be frightened of this, this one. It's Daddy. He's my father. He knows everything about you and I this morning. And no one loves us like our Heavenly Father. It may be that I'm speaking to someone this morning that you had a bad Heavenly Father. This morning, each one of us can have a precious Heavenly Father who cares like no one else. Look what verse 8 of our chapter that uh, Matthew 6 that Nick read. Therefore, do not be like them, for your heavenly Father knows the things that you have need of, even before you ask him. Well, have you got that relationship with God this morning? Can you call him Father? 
Uh, do you realize uh, just how much he loved and cared for you? As we go on in the Sermon of the Mount, go on to verse 32. For after all these things the Gentiles seek, your heavenly Father knows that you have need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these other things shall be added to you. Our Father, I could speak the rest of the time on just those two words, but Nick has already quoted my main text that I want to get to. I want to go to the last verse. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I say hallelujah to that this morning. What do we know about this? Well, very, very quick, uh, quickly this morning. Yours is a kingdom. And I want to do the question that each one of these statements brings. Yours is a kingdom. Are you in it this morning? I read to you from Matthew's Gospel about the Lord's Supper that Jesus wanted his chosen people to be in his kingdom. I asked you this morning, are you in the kingdom of God? Are you saved by the grace of God? Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. We were wretches, we were lost. But praise God, he sent Jesus to save us. It's his kingdom. And it's his kingdom alone. You remember the carnation of our new king? A little boy, a little choir boy, comes up to Prince Charles and he says, Your Majesty, as children of the kingdom of God, we welcome you in the name of the king of kings. I thought that was so powerful. Yours is the kingdom. Are you in the kingdom of God this morning? Jesus, before he was going to go to Gethsemane and to die on the cross of Calvary, he met some very clever people. Well, I'm not clever, but praise God he met me years ago. And he's <laughs> never left. And they were called scribes. And he discerned something very special about these scribes, particularly one of them. He said to this scribe, I perceive that you're not far from the kingdom. My friend, this morning, are you in the kingdom of God? If you're not far from the kingdom of God, let me tell you, it's the most dangerous place you could be. You might as well be a hundred miles away. Jesus says you're not far from the kingdom of God. You are not far, but you're not in it. You see, there's an urgency about this message this morning. <coughs> there's a real urgency. Do you remember when Noel built the ark? The people laughed and they mocked him. And they said, well, you are absolutely mad. Why do you listen to God? Noel, it's not going to rain. Look how hot you are. You're sweating like a you-know-what. <laughs> Noel said, God has spoken. God asked me to build this ark. It rained for 40 days and 40 nights and the whole earth was flooded. And the people knocked on the door, but what happened before then? God shut the door. Not nor, God shut it. And the people said, let me in. Let me in. But they couldn't. 
the door was shut. In Matthew's Gospel, Matthew is so poignant on this subject. He says, listen, look up. When you see these things begin to happen, look up. Your redemption draweth nigh. Jesus is coming again. The things that are happening in the world, and I say this with great authority, I believe are absolutely unprecedented. There's wars everywhere. There's family, but I could just go on and on and on. It's reality. Jesus is coming again. Yours is the kingdom. Are you in it? And Jesus says, listen, I love this. And Jesus says, I am the door. The lovely Jesus said, um, the man just down there, how can I forget his lovely name? But I have, but God doesn't. Um, he says, I am the door. If any man enters in, he shall be saved. We'll go in and out and find a pastor. You see, the urgency is, are you in the kingdom? It's his kingdom. He died. He created a kingdom. Created a way of reconciliation where we who were lost, and Carol brought this in her prayer so partly, could be reconciled back to a holy God through Jesus. Through Jesus. He says, I am the door. Salvation is never talked about in the Bible in present, I mean, in future sense, it's always in present. Seek the Lord now while he may be found. I call upon him now while he's near. Now is the time to seek the Lord. Yours is the kingdom, are you in it? My friend, I have to tell you this morning there is a time coming when the door of salvation will be shut. Jesus says when he comes again, every eye shall see, every tongue will confess his Lord. Why don't you do that this morning? Why don't you seek him now? Some of you, I don't believe, are saved. And I say it with such a broken heart. You need to be in the kingdom of God. Can I tell you, I was preaching a few weeks ago, and there was a money bag, a man collapsed on the floor. And I looked at him, I thought he'd gone. They called in the paramedics, and we had to move in another room. Praise God, he was resuscitated. But what a warning, the brevity of time. Are you in the kingdom? It's his kingdom. Seek the Lord now. He's not willing that any should perish. His arms are wide open. He's come to me. Believe on me. Ask me to save you. Ask me to forgive your sin and I'll do it instantly. Secondly, so thine is the kingdom, are you in it? Thine is the power, have you got it? In Acts 1, verse 8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Thine is a power, have you got it? The Holy Spirit, if you go back to Genesis, hovered on the face of the earth. The Lord Jesus, who was afraid this morning that the Trinity, I think it was Nick, and it's so powerful. The Trinity was all there, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus was there in the bosom of the Father, reconciling the world to himself. The Holy Spirit hovered upon the face of the deep, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And Jesus is the light of the world. 
you shall have power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You see, the trouble is today, men love darkness more than light because their deeds are evil. In 2 Corinthians, Paul says, we have this treasure in earthen vessel that the excellency of power may be of God and not of us. So I was going to take you to Ezekiel 36, the valley of dry bones. So the man, can these bones live? Lord God, you know. And the Spirit of God breathed into those and put flesh on the bone. Oh, what a saviour. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Remember the man in the Bible, he says, look, look, I was blind, but now I see. My eyes have been opened. Peter preaching on the day of Pentecost, over 3,000 souls were saved. Let me take you to it in Acts very quickly, if I could find that in Acts very quickly. My things have got moved as I walk over here, but I can find Acts 2 very quickly. I should have got someone to print it out, shouldn't I? Uh, Acts 2. Um, verse 41. Then those who gladly received the word of the Lord were baptized, and that day 3,000 souls were added to them. All who believed were together and had all things in common, praising God and having favour with all the people. And the Lord added to the church, daily, such as would be saved. Peter preaches, 3,000 souls, as the Spirit of God has descended upon him. And the Spirit of God is coming on its fullness. You read of it early on in Acts. A sound of a mushing mighty wind. I phoned my son-in-law the other morning and I said, I can't find you or the man, where are you? He said, we've been called out at five o'clock because the tree is down blocking the road. You don't see the wind. You see the effects. And you feel it. This morning, have you got the power of God's Spirit? Is God's Spirit dwelling in you? I can tell you this morning, it's not by might or by power, man's might, but it's by, by God's Spirit. And when God fills us, oh, what a difference it makes. Can I just bring a, 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 I've done a big study over the last few months of pre-crucifixion crucifixion and the resurrection and I've so had my eyes open have you ever studied Peter's free denials they are frightening graphically unbelievable and yet God chose us again on the day of Pentecost to pray his spirit and to save three thousand souls have you got this power? Is it in you? Power-filled lives. Power to live. Power to serve. Power to witness. Power to have victory over sin. 
You see, one of the problems pastors have, and I've been a pastor for over 40 years, is you go to someone and you say, can you do that? Well, there's more than they all said yes. But they often say, no, I can't. Can't you really? Paul says, I can do all things through Christ strengthens me. When I'm weak, then I'm strong. It's giving ourselves over to him. It's having the life filled with his spirit. I want to ask you a question. Lioness of power, have you got it? Are you running on empty this morning as a Christian? Have you moved away from God? Has the fire of the Lord become cold in your life and God is so distant, but yet you still love him, but you feel so empty, you feel so helpless, you feel so useless? Or are you half full this morning? My friend, this morning we need to be filled to the top of the Spirit of God. Let me quickly illustrate. We had a lovely wedding recently. Sorry I couldn't cut but at the wedding of Cain of Galilee, they had a problem. I don't think he had that problem. They ran out of wine. <laughs> and so the disciples said, look, what are we going to do? And, and so the, the mother of Jesus was there. She said, do what he tells you to do. Get the water pots. Fill them to the top. And they filled them to the top. And the people who partook of the wine said, oh, this is the greatest vintage I've ever tasted. It is so incredible. But listen, my friend, don't miss the point. There was an overflow. Charles Haddon Spurgeon says, Sunday school teachers, preachers, witnesses, children of God, speak at the overflow. Be so full of Jesus. I prayed with a lady on Friday, I believe it was, and she, I could just see Jesus shining in her. She was poorly. But she was full of the Spirit of God. Oh, my friends, may you be full to the top and overthrowing. And when you leave here this morning, however you meet, may they say you've been with Jesus. Thine is the kingdom, are you in it? Thine is the power, have you got it? If you haven't got it, come to him this morning. And ask to be filled, to be anointed by the Father Spirit. But very quickly, lastly, yours is the glory. Are you giving it? Paul says, I can do nothing without Christ, but I can do all things through Christ that strengtheneth me. So he says to God, be the glory. You can't, he will not share his glory with anybody else. He must have the preeminence in all things. It's not unto us, but it's unto thy name, O God. Be all the glory forever and ever. Are you giving him the glory that has changed your life? Are you giving the glory that has given you the victory over sin and temptation? Are you giving the glory that you know that your heavenly Father cares and will provide all your needs and will never leave you nor forsake you? You need to give him all the glory. Four weeks ago today, I was in the Isle of Jersey. Jersey. I always get those numbers up. I've never got the cows numbers up, but I'll get them. 
We've been on a cruise, we've gone around the UK. That was tremendous. Sunday morning, we did a bit of research, or my better half did a bit of research, did a research. And we went to this little mission hall. It was nearly packed. The pastor was away, and a young man, if he was here, I was going to say just like Matt, you know, very young. <laughs> and uh, he was preaching, and they were doing a series. And the series was in Samuel, and they got to the stage where um, David and Goliath, he hears that David and Saul are down in the caves. And David has got to go to put an end to, to Saul, pack him in his, you know where. <laughs> but God said, no, that's not the way to do with it. I've forgiven you unconditionally. You need to forgive him unconditionally. I preached to you who dwelt on the first verse this morning, our Father. I dwelt and am dwelling on the last verse. Yours is the kingdom on you and earth. Yours is the glory are you given it. Sorry, yours is the power, have you got it? Yours is the glory are you given it. But let me read the middle verse. And forgive our debtors as we forget our debtors. The AV says, forgive our debtors, our treasures, as you have forgiven us. How did God forgive me when I asked him to forgive my sin and be my soul? Totally unconditionally. He washed me in my any blood. And I'm a new creature in Christ. Hallelujah. But he finished up with an illustration that I thought, oh, I can use that at H, B, C. <laughs> Corrie Temporary. Have you read the book? I read it about 40 years ago. Let me have five minutes. This is so important. Corrie Temporary was a prisoner of war at a Nazi concentration camp. She was a Jew. She was put into prison for her faith in God. May God deliver us from that. She had to endure unbelievable pain and persecution like you and I could never dream of. But when she was released from prison, you see, Corrie Den Burn was a Christian. She was in the kingdom of God. She knew the power of God. She knew what it was to give God the glory. But she went and did a series of talks of forgiveness. And as she was in this meeting, doing this talk, as soon as she finished, she recognised the man. And the man recognised her. And he came out to the front and he put out his hand and he asked her to forgive her. That was her persecutor. That was a man that had put her for years and years of agony. And as she saw him, and as she saw the hand, and as she heard the voice of asking for forgiveness, she just froze on the spot. There was still bitterness in her heart. There was still unforgiveness. And then Jesus spoke. Couldn't it make a difference when Jesus speaks? Jesus spoke. 
I just says, you know the Lord's prayer. You are to forgive as I have forgiven you. And a hard heart was full of pain. The pain in her body was so real before this. The wounds seemed to be opening. The grief was there. And she reached out her hand. And she took his hand and then she embraced him in her arms. And she said, I forgive you. And they cried together. Listen to this. She said, an overwhelming sense of peace flooded my soul. And I was just overcome with the peace that only Jesus could give. And I was not only reconciled to this man, I was reconciled to God. Starting as a kingdom, are you in it? Don't let these moments go this morning. None of us know. It's now is the time to seek him. And if you come and confess your sin and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. There's no doubt about it. Hallelujah. But thine is a power. Have you got it? Listen, I couldn't preach this morning without this power. I couldn't. I can hardly stand. I've got a problem at the moment. You shall receive power. How to live. How to serve. Power to glorify God. Power to see others one for the kingdom of God's grace. Mine is a glory. Are you giving it? Encourage God's servants, but make sure you give God all the glory. Father, just thank you for your word. Thank you that you are a precious heavenly Father. You care and love us like no one else. Thank you that you are more willing to forgive than we ask you to forgive. Thank you this morning that we can know that we're in the kingdom. Our sins are gone. Buried in the deep to see. Praise God. That's good enough for me. Praise God this morning that the weakness you make us strong. That we can know that God. We can have a spirit filled life. But Lord, together we want to say to God be the glory. So loved he the world that he gave us his son. For yielded his life for the tongue for sin and opened the life gate that all may go in. Amen. 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 How long is it for? It's forever and ever.